So today we are concluding this series. We've been talking about the parables of Jesus. Parables are a story. Parables are a way that Jesus communicated some truths to people because the truth often was really difficult for them to understand. And Luke chapter 15 is where we're going to be this morning. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke 15. Otherwise, the scripture will be up on the screen in a bit. And I thought we'd do something just a little bit different today. Before we look at some specific passages, I want us to watch the story in Luke 15. Here we go. Arrogant, exclusive social club. But they don't get it, and so he tells them a famous parable that goes like this. There was a father who had two sons. The older son is trustworthy and honors his father. And the younger son, he's a mess. He rebels and cashes in his inheritance to travel far away and blow it all on partying and being stupid. And then there's a famine in the land. And he runs out of money. So he has to scrape by by taking care of somebody's pigs. And he's so hungry, he wants to eat the pig slop. At which point it occurs to him, if I'm going to be a farmhand, I might as well go home and work for my dad. At least I won't be eating pig food. So he treks back home, rehearsing his apology. Now, the father is certain that his son did not survive the famine. But then, one day, he sees someone walking down the road. It's his son. He's not dead. And so the father runs to him and embraces his son, kissing him all over. The son starts his speech. Dad, I don't deserve to be your son. Maybe I could come and work for you. But before he can finish, the father calls his servants to go get the nicest robe, new sandals, a fancy ring for his son. They are to prepare the best food for a banquet. It is time to celebrate. Now later that day, the older brother arrives from a long day working in the field to discover his long lost loser of a brother has come home and they're celebrating. And he gets angry. And think about it. He's been faithful to his father all of these years. He never got a party like this. And then this disgrace of a family member comes home and they're going to celebrate him? It's disgusting. He refuses to join the banquet. So the father finds the older brother outside and he says, Son, you are already in our family. Everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate your brother because he was lost. And now he's found. He was dead. But now he's alive. Jesus wants the religious leaders to see the outsiders the way God sees them, as sons and daughters that are being reclaimed from death. Jesus' kingdom community was wide open to anybody. The only entry requirement is to humble yourself and recognize your need for God's mercy. And so the religious leader's rejection of Jesus and his crew is actually a rejection of the God of Israel. Mm. So the central truth of this parable, this story that, that Jesus tells uh, in Luke 15, the, the central truth is that the father's heart is full of love towards the undeserving rebellious child as much as, as it is the one that stayed faithful. Talked about that uh, last week uh, in your message, Justin, the, the whole idea of the, the workers in the field and who got paid the most and how much time they put in. Here's what verse 13 says in Luke 15. Again, it says, the younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land, keep that in mind, a distant land, and there he wasted all of his money in wild living. Now, if this doesn't describe the first semester of freshman year college, I don't know what it does, but we'll move on from that. So here are four powerful truths that I want to share with you out of Luke 15 today, okay? Four truths that I believe, Jesus, I mean, I, I think there's more, but I'm just going to give you four, okay? We're going to probably go kind of quick. Um, the first one is this, out of this passage, and we're going to look at verses as we go. 
first and foremost, a distant land doesn't have to be far away. A distant land doesn't have to be a geographical location. A distant land doesn't have to be somewhere else on the map. Listen, wherever you go in your heart, wherever you go in your mind, wherever you go in your actions, away from God, you're now in a distant land. You don't have to get in a U-Haul and move away. Wherever you go in your heart, in your mind, in your actions, away from God, you are now in a distant land. And as long as you are away from God, I'm going to tell you this, you are not really yourself. You are not yourself. You are not who you were created to be when God formed you in the womb. When you're away from God, you are not who you were meant to be. Go back one verse to verse 12 in Luke 15. It says, the younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now, before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. And of course, verse 13 tells us that he wasted all that he had eventually. Here's the second truth that I find out of here. The truth from Jesus is that the distant land, it attracts the selfish. The distant land, it's like, it's like a theme park for selfishness. It's, it's that place where uh, the young man in the story, okay, he went away because when you boil it all down, he wanted to do, he wanted to get whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted it. And that is the epitome, that's the definition of selfishness. It was all about him. He had no thought of, of the, the loss or the pain that his father would feel. He had no consideration for his older brother, none whatsoever. It was all about himself and the choices and, and the actions and his decisions. Think about this. I know I've mentioned this before. This is a verse we've talked about a couple, couple times through the years. But the young man in the story that Jesus tells, and I think it's important that Jesus points this out, His request to receive his inheritance while his dad was still alive is a slap in the face to his dad. What else could it be? It's like, he's like, okay, you're basically already dead to me. Give me what I was going to get when you were gone. You're just a source of of money for me. You're not a relationship with me. Okay, this is, this is how that request, and I know that Jesus intentionally put it that way. Because he didn't tell the story and say the young man just asked for some money. No, no, he asked for what he was to get when his father was no longer there. Fortunately, I, I will say this, I think you know it, but I'm going to say it anyway. But selfishness is the very essence of sin. You can go all the way back in the garden and see it. Selfishness is the very essence of sin. Verse 12, I want. Verse 13, I'm going to leave. Verse 14, I'm going to spend it all. Selfishness. And when self is your God, it's, it's going to hurt you. It, it might not right away, but it's going to hurt you. But it also is going to hurt the people in your life when you're selfish. No one has ever chosen self without wounding somebody else. 
It's impossible. In verse 14 of this parable, it says that when his money ran out, so did his friends. <laughs> oh, you don't have anything for me anymore? Bye. And he was starving. Famine hit the land. He was starving. He's poor. He's lonely. He's starving. And listen, that's all the distant land really has to offer. That, that's really it. The distant land will give you nothing. Nothing. The place that you go away from God in your heart, in your mind, in your actions, away from God will have no sympathy for you and no help. There is nothing the distant land can offer you. Which leads to the third truth of this parable, which is that the distant land is expensive. It's expensive, and I don't mean like cash money. I mean, it can be, but that's not, really, that's not the real expense. Nothing is more expensive than a life apart from God. Nothing will take more from you than you choosing a life apart from God. Because when we seek to do whatever we want, whenever we want, however we want, whenever we want, all those, we are doomed to pay a very severe price. And here's what scripture tells us. We've been bought already with a price. We've been bought with a price. God's word tells us that, that we are not our own, that, that, we have, that we belong to God through Jesus. Jesus has already paid that price for all of our stupidity and selfishness and wild living, as the parable says. Jesus has already paid this price. But here's what happens when we choose in our heart, in our mind, in our actions, to go to the distant land, away from God, do you know what the distant land does? It, it doesn't, expect, it doesn't uh, accept the Jesus currency, if you will. It's like, no, that, that doesn't count here. What Jesus did for you, we're not, we're not noticing it. It's not, it's not, you know, like you go to another country and you gotta exchange your currency. Distant land doesn't accept the, the, what Jesus has paid. It ignores the most expensive debt that has ever been paid. The distant land denies it, actually. And so you are left to pay. When you're away from God in your heart and in your mind and in your actions, you will pay. And it's paid in things like, and this could be an exhaustive list, this is not, <laughs> it could be much longer. But we pay when we're away from God in things like regret, full regret. We pay with heartache when we've gone to the distant land and we realize that we've lived in a way that does not honor God. It, it's things like unnecessary drama. It's, it's things like lying so much to other people that you actually start to believe the lies you've told. It's lying so much to yourself that you actually go, I think I love the distant land. The, the price that you pay in the distant land, it's, it's pettiness and jealousy and anger and it's gossip and it's crushing insecurity and it's full of pride and broken relationships and then addiction can come along and sometimes actually even death itself. The distant land is ruthless. But that's the price that you pay. 
the distant land is a trap house. <laughs> and, and the sooner that you realize this, the sooner then I think you will run home to the Father. Here's the fourth truth from this story that Jesus tells, and it's the one that offers hope, because so far it's kind of like, oh. Here's the fourth truth. When we come to our senses, we can run home to the Father. Verses 17 and 18 says this. When he finally came to his senses, it took a lot. He took some hits, okay, but that was of his own doing. But when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I have sinned. I have sinned. He recognized his desperate condition in the parable. He knows this. He recognizes this. Jesus wants his listeners, which includes you, to know that you can, you can step back and go, wow, I've been in the distant land. Wow, there has, Jesus has paid a price. I've been paying this price. I don't even want to be here anymore. And this is getting really expensive in my life. You can go home and say, I've sinned. Jesus talks about, or the, the, in the parable, he mentions that, that the son talks about dying of hunger. And of course, he probably he didn't have like food, you know. He, he needed a sandwich. But, but I believe that there's a deeper hunger that Jesus is referring to here. I believe there is a spiritual hunger that Jesus is wanting to point to in this. Because it's a hunger that some of you might recognize as I, as I describe it. It's a hunger that is in the deepest, most central part of, the, of your very person. It, it, it's really difficult to describe. But it, it's, like a, it's like a hunger that, that is longing uh, within, within each and every one of us to be eternally loved. Not occasionally, not situationally, not just for a little while, but eternally loved and it also comes with a side of knowing that nothing on this earth can fulfill that longing except for Jesus I believe that's the hunger that Jesus is referring to because when the young man comes to his senses he, he says I'm going to go home I'm going to go home to my father. I've been in the distant land. I'm going home. Jesus tells this story because he wants his listeners then and right now for us to come to our senses and to come home. That's, that's the part that you and I get to play in a story like this. We get to realize where we are and we get to respond and come home. That's the part we play. But the father plays a part in this story. The father responds. When we respond to him, the good news is he responds back. He's not, he's not in a distant land. He's not far away. He's not deaf to our cries. He's not unaware of, of our situation. Oh, no. When we respond to him, he responds straight away. Verses 20 through 24. So he, talking about the, the son in the story, he returns home to the father, and while he was still a long way off, 
his father saw him coming. There's a whole other sermon right in that statement right there, friends, but I'll just say that you might think you are too far away, and I'll just tell you that you're not. You might think you got too far to go to get back home. Nope. It's one little pivot, one little turn. The Father will see you. Filled with love and compassion. Didn't say he's wagging a finger and, and cussing him out. No, the father sees him from a long way off and he's filled with love and compassion and he runs to his son, he embraces him, he kisses him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Many of us can relate to that. God, I am not worthy to be considered your child at all. But he has compassion for us. Verse 23, the response of the father, the father is, we're going to celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead. He was gone. He was in the distant land where there was nothing for him. He was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. And I love the last line, so the party began. See, Jesus told the story to those people that day, he was imparting a spiritual truth to them. Religious leaders who might have been more like the older brother, people who knew exactly what the distant land was like, maybe people who played both parts at different times in their life. But he tells the story so that we would come home that we would come home, so we would come to our senses, as the scriptures say, and come home. How do you come home? I mean, we know that this is a story Jesus tells, and we know that the young man came to his senses and he went home. How do, how do we come home? How do we come home in 2022? How do we do that? Well, it actually, it's, it's just like the man in the story. If you're in the distant land, here's how you come home. First of all, you look around and realize you're in the distant land. And you realize that the things that look like they're of worth are not. Then you go to the Father and you say, I've sinned. I've messed up. And then you do, like, you, you, could, you, could, you apologize. You, you confess those sins. And then the Father embraces you and welcomes you home. This is what happens. That's how you come home today. That's how you and I come home from the place we've gone in our heart, in our mind, and in our actions, away from God, and we realize the absolute expense that we've been trying to pay. And it's just been full of heartache and misery when we're really, really honest with ourselves come home that's how you and I come home today that's the truth that Jesus wants us to understand in this parable would you pray with me God I thank you for Jesus God I thank you that you have paid the most expensive price and you've paid it our sins God when 
When we were in the distant land, you kept waiting for us. And Father, we realize now that what we thought was important was a lame attempt to fill our lives with what only you can truly give. You bring forgiveness. You bring unconditional love. You bring wholeness to our lives. You bring purpose. You bring eternal life. Jesus Christ is the Lord and the Savior. And God, right now, my prayer is that people would be coming home to you right now and declaring this. And they would, be, they would pray this, that Jesus is Lord and Savior of my life, that I declare that now in my heart, that I, I, I declare that now in my heart, and I will declare that later to others with my mouth. God, thank you for welcoming me home. And it's in the name of the one who has paid the price. Jesus Christ, we pray all these things.